horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome to Winning Ponies. It's great to have you with us. So glad you joined the show. Got some great races to handicap and some great people to talk to. Now, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a few years, uh, you've uh, heard my first guest many times, and he is trainer Tommy Drury. Now, uh, Tommy is a guy that I would go to for everything from what he thought about medication, what he thought to about training young horses, uh, how, how uh, lucky he was to be training from a private training center or not having the shackles of a, a racetrack telling him where to go and when to race. And uh, I, I think I closed out every show saying, guys, this Tommy Drury is a guy you want to keep an eye on. Uh, he's flying under the radar. Well, that radar got broke two weeks ago when Art Collector beat Swiss Skydiver in the Bluegrass Stakes. And the trainer of Art Collector, yep, way ahead of the game, folks, Tommy Drury. So uh, we're going to have Tommy... Uh, Next on the horse's plans are the uh, Ellis Park Derby, which has Derby points, but it doesn't matter. Right now, he's fourth on the Derby list with his win in the Bluegrass. You know, everything's changed uh, so so much this year with the reshuffling of the schedule. So, uh, so happy for Tommy, who's been a personal friend of mine for about, ooh, I'm going to say 15 years or so. Uh, it, since he he was once stabled at River Downs when I was the PR guy there. And uh, it's just uh, great to see him finally getting his due. Uh, his owner, Bruce Lunsford, is standing by him. Uh, this art collector has got quite the pedigree and certainly a pedigree that can go a mile and a quarter. And as we know, the Derby moved to September 5th. Um, will be at Churchill Downs where he had a nice workout the other day, even though he trains with Tommy at the Skylight Training Center. Uh, so he just thought, you know, I'm in the Kentucky. I can either try to give him hard works up to the Derby or go on up and, uh, you know, take a shot for a couple hundred thousand and <laughs> get a few more Derby points. So, uh, Tommy will be our first guest and our second guest will be the King of the Cappers, the associate editor of the Blood Horse magazine, Byron King. But he is not just a uh, excellent writer and reporter. He is also a very good handicapper and has a great view of the sport. So it's it's an all Louisville show. We got uh, Byron King and Tommy Drury, two guys that hail from Louisville, will be on the show tonight. Um, as far as the racing's concerned, 
Uh, we're going to go to uh, Saratoga with Byron, and then we're going to uh, hopefully uh, maybe go out and take a look at some uh, interesting races at Del Mar. So let's see how the show pans out, but we will start you with some of our recent uh, nice wins here on Winning Ponies. Remember, with all the racing action gearing back up here in the United States, uh, you never know where opportunity is going to find itself. And our most recent winner found itself down in Louisiana at Evangeline Downs. It was just last night, a $1 super and race seven paid 3,549. And also yesterday at the finger finger lakes, the $1 super box in race two, paid 6,664. I'm not making these numbers up. You can go to winningponies.com, check them out yourself. And while you're there, why don't you pull down a few easy win forms and see how easy they are to look at it and read. So uh, that's the setup for the show. <clears throat> As always, Thursday's a good day to be online because there's late breaking news and war of will will stand at Claiborne Farm in 2021. Of course, his sire, Warfront, already stands at Claiborne, and uh, so he will be joining him. Now, uh, it was uh, quite a feat that he is now a grade one winner on the turf and on the dirt, which just makes him more attractive as a sire. So, uh, yeah, it's... You know, hard to get to Warfront as it is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, will take charge, or War of Will, where he's going to end up as far as his stud fees concerned. I mean, have you seen him? He is gorgeous. Of course, he's the horse that probably took the worst beating uh, from maximum security in the uh, Kentucky Derby. But he's back, he's sound, he's fit as ever, and he's running great this year. He's got an outstanding pedigree, great race record, all the things that, uh, you know, make, make him uh, eligible to be a very top sire. Uh, let's not forget, he did win the Preakness Stakes last year. And it's great that he's staying in training as a four-year-old. He's got earnings over $1.7 million, but he'll be standing alongside his uh, sire, at the venerable Claiborne Farm in Gay Paris, Kentucky, at uh, Claiborne Farm. So, uh, I mean, he's he's been good since he was a two-year-old, and I, I just think he's going to be very attractive as a stallion. So, uh, good news for everybody connected with uh, War Will and for all the people at Claiborne Farm. Now, uh, he, just to look at his pedigree, he's, he's out of his stakes winning Sadler's Wells mare. So that certainly gives him credential to be a, a good turf sire. Uh, and uh, she's a half sister to the multiple group one winner and Breeders' Cup mile winner Spinning World. Uh, also uh, Visions of Clarity produced a uh, grade one winner Path Fork and multiple stakes winner Tacitus, who's still on the racing scene this year. So it is a full family. And, uh, you know, if you think about War of Wool, he, <laughs> not Wool, if you think about Warfront, he's really becoming a sire of sires. I mean, you look at uh, some of his sons, uh, 
declaration of war, who's sired two-time greatest stakes winner, silver prospector, uh, the stakes winner, decorated invader. And how about the horse that's really come into his own, the factor, who's this year's leading fifth crop sire, uh, who's had multiple grade one winners. Uh, Summer Front is often running as, as a stud. And uh, let's not forget Air Force Blue. So uh, War Will, they're not going to announce his stud fee until after the Breeders' Cup World's Championship, because who knows, he could be going on dirt or turf. Well, uh, read an interesting uh, article by Evan Hammonds today in The Blood Horse. Uh, who, of course, Byron King works for. Uh, it looks like uh, Steve Haskin is kind of backing away from uh, the, the keyboard and uh, his uh, wonderful writing for so many years, since 1988, 1998, he's been associated with the Blood Horse, and he's won just about every writing award available. Uh, and we used to always go look for, you know, his, his Derby dozen. And I noticed they kind of disappeared from the blood horse. And it looks like he's just, he's been there. He's done that. Uh, he's a grandfather now. And uh, so he's just going to continue to be a loving uh, husband, father, and grandfather. So uh, we will find out what happens. Some of these guys get a little itch and you'll, you might see them back uh, writing uh, before their days are done for sure. Um, <clears throat> okay. Last year, the hot jack was last week. John, you got to slow down. I'm trying to get so much of this in because we got some great race results for you. Uh, was uh, Flavian Pratt. Uh, he won four stakes, so he wins a jockey of the the week. Uh, it was just uh, it, it started Friday and went through the weekend at Del Mar, and uh, you know he's uh, the leading rider of total stakes wins the last weekend, a thirty three percent win percentage, while in the money sixty three percent of the times. This year, he's won. 419 or 108 of 419 starts and uh his career has won over 69 million for the horses that he has ridden all right i can get back to some national news but i do not want to to miss some of the races we looked at uh last week with uh ed meyer and brad free um at saratoga we started the action on friday with the quick call five and a half dash on the turf and the winner was turned aside linda rice having a good meet up there unbelievable she came into the race with a 44 win percentage but turned aside a son of american pharaoh chased the pace took over and lasted over old chestnut and four left favorite jack and noah led and just kind of got tired how about this this had to be the upset of the week sister charlie the prohibitive favorite in the Boston spa upset time it was canadian horse of the year starship jubilee who kind of uh, was rated in third by Javier Castellano, who's won aboard uh, her a few times. She's a seven-year-old mare. Don't you love that, that they keep them racing when they're winning? Uh, she's now won over $1.5 million. Starship Jubilee by an Ohio Stallion, Indy Wind, gets the job done in the Boston Spa. Call Me Love, British Bread was second and third. Sister Charlie, I think she needed one. It was her first start of the season. We're not going to say that she's 
she's she's not still a great horse. And uh, so Sister Charlie just got her got going a little bit too late. In the Alfred Vanderbilt, it was volatile. Ed's top pick was very strong, in control all the way for Steve Asmussen. Man, is he loaded at the barn <laughs> right now. Uh, Odds-on favorite, Volatile, gets the job done over Whitmore, who was kind of fractious. He broke through the gate early. Um, he really tried to move on the inside in the stretch, but just wasn't able uh, to get there. Uh, mind control was third. Also at Saratoga, it was... Hey, friend of mine, Harvey Diamond, he's part of Sky High Racing. Some like it, Hot Brown, winner of the Jeff Ruby Stakes uh, last year. Uh, got the job done wire to wire in the Bernard Baruch. And uh, finishing second was Mr. Dumas. And in the third spot, good governess. So some like it, Hot Brown, he likes it nice and green on the inner turf. Then we out to... Delmar, it was a photo finish in the San Diego Handicap. Yep. Maximum security holds on. One of the biggest races of the week. Maximum security holds off midcourt, who put in a great race with the switch back to blinkers by John Sheriffs. But nonetheless, a win's a win. And Baffert's got maximum security. He really thought the horse was only about 80% going into the race. Then at Del Mar, it was the San Clemente. And the horse we both like, Laura's Light, got the job done. Man, she's by constitution. How hot is that sire from Windstar Farm. A strong finish. Got up by three quarters of a length over Apple Cross, breaking from the outside. And third was Giddy, a French bread. And then on to Sunday's card that we really didn't look at, but it was still uh, an important race. The Eddie Reed, a grade two. Uh, the winner in there was United, who was the favorite. Pressed the pace and dug in with Flavian Pratt, Jockey of the Week, to get the job done for Richard Mandela. Third graded stakes win in a row for United. Well, that was uh, a look at the big races we looked at last week. Uh, Coming up this week, again, we're going to start out at Saratoga, and then if Byron King and I get a chance to uh, head out to Del Mar, where the turf meets the surf, we're going to do that too. But until then... My man, Tommy Drury, he's not flying under the radar anymore, ladies and gentlemen, and he's going to tell us about his flight uh, to Keeneland and the experience that he is having right now in the spotlight with Art Collector. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a guy that's no stranger to this show, ladies and gentlemen. Anytime uh, I needed some insight from someone who I thought was a good trainer, I'd pick up the phone and call Tom Drury, ask him if uh, he'd be a guest, and he's never turned me down. Well, uh, two weeks ago, after he won the prestigious Bluegrass Stakes, I thought, well, that's it. Tommy will be you know, deleting me out of his phone call list. He won't be talking to me anymore. You know, for over the last two weeks, every format out there that has somebody do an interview from uh, you know, TDN, Stephen Bick, I mean, you name it. Our guest, Tommy Drury, you know, uh, Horse Racing Radio Network. But now our guest here on Winning Ponies, Tommy Drury. Tommy, have your feet touched the ground yet? John, you'll you'll always be at the top of that list, buddy. So they're they're all trying to catch up to you. <laughs> it's it's you know it's been great. I know my feet haven't touched the ground. It's it's been uh, it's just it's been an exciting ride. And uh, gosh, what do you you know what do you say? You of all people know where I come from and you know where where I began and and to win a race like that. It just gosh, what do you what do you say? It's just it's just been unbelievable. It, it, it has and. Uh... You know, you're so deserving of this. And believe me, I've been reading all the articles. You'd never even know you trained the horse if somebody interviews you because you're always passing all the accolades on to your staff and to Bruce Lunsford and and everybody else. You're the only person that didn't have anything to do with this horse except, except saddle him, I guess, from your interviews. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, but so what I want you to do, and, and I know that, that this was, you, you've been around a lot of good horses, but take us back in time, describe bluegrass day from, you know, back at the barn, pre-race, getting the horse ready. How was he doing? Was he relaxed? Was he antsy? Hey, were you relaxed or were you antsy? Let's talk about bluegrass day from your perspective. You know the the easiest thing uh, the easiest thing to do is look back and say I knew it all along and and uh, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, it, it was uh, the you know looking back the whole day was just a blur. Uh, it it uh, you know we tried. I kept preaching to my staff that entire week. You know we're we're not going to do anything any different than what we normally do. We've got our routine. We we know you know what we do when we race horses. We're going to do it the exact same way that you know whether it's Belterra or 
Churchill or the bluegrass or the derby or whatever, you know, we're going to, we're going to stick to our routine and, uh, and do everything the same. And, 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 and that's really exactly what we did. You know, my assistant Jose went over with the horse that morning and, uh, as always, he, he touched base with me and let me know, you know, the horse shipped good. Everything seemed to be in good order. You know, I, I was a little later and grabbed a shower, got up there myself and, and looked in on him and everything seemed to be in good order. And, you know, it, it, it in all honesty, Keelan was so quiet that day, you know, not having fans. Uh, right. It, uh, when I, when I did walk into the grandstand, I just sat on a bench there at the end of the paddock next to the gift shop and, I think I, I might have spoken to maybe two people, and and I, I kind of went from that bench to the paddock, and and or I'm sorry, the holding barn, and uh, and we walked up with the horse, and 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 it really, it was, it was, you know, there really wasn't, it it it, it was just kind of like another day at the races, and I, I, obviously, I'm sure had it been a regular Keeneland bluegrass, I'd have, it had been a little different ball game, but uh, the fact that it was so quiet and and, and laid back, I think it. Uh, it probably made the day a little easier for me. Well, I've re- I watched uh, the, the race uh, quite a few times. And let me tell you, you it wasn't a soft spot because right now the best filly in the country is Swiss Skydiver. And she gave you a run for the money. I wasn't sure he was going to get by her coming to the eighth pole. I, I mean, you know, you're, you know, as a trainer, you're watching the race and, and turning for home. You know, he kind of punched and, and went to her. But then you look over at Mike Smith, who's not moving a muscle, and it's like, man, I, you know, you did there for a couple of seconds. It's like it, it could have gone either way. And then, you know, as they got to the 16th pole, which you know at Keeneland, when you when you stand there at the end of the tunnel, that's kind of right at the 16th pole. And uh, as he was going by me there at the end of the tunnel, that he was he was starting to kind of get past her and make the lead. And uh, you know, from then on, it was it was just an absolute blur. I. I I would love to be able to tell you what I was thinking, what I was doing, how I was reacting, but I, I honestly, I, it was it was just a blur. I, I just, uh, you know, gosh, to to be able to win a race like that and to, to have your horse step up and and you know against that kind of competition, I mean, it just uh, I, words. I, I'm still trying to find the words for it. Well, uh, Tommy Drury, uh, tell us about the horse i i know bruce lunsford uh moved him to you i love all these louisville connections uh uh between bruce and you and brian but what what's our collector's personality like uh you know he's, he's such a pleasure he's just he's so push button about everything he you know he's a very kind horse to train in the mornings it's not like he's you know he's not one of those things that's wanting to drag you around there i mean he's very relaxed uh you know, he's one of those, you walk onto the racetrack and he just kind of stands there and pricks his ears and stands like a statue until you tell him to go. And just a very, you know, he's a very classy horse. He's a very easy horse to be around. Nothing seems to rattle him, which, you know, with me being his trainer, that's probably a good thing. You know, I, I can certainly <laughs> tell you he handled the bluegrass better than I did. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, if you're going to be in this situation, he's really the kind of horse you want to be in this situation with, uh, you know, he's just a very smart, intelligent type. And if you really watch the bluegrass closely, like going into the first turn, you know, he's got a little stop and go to him. You know, Brian kind of used him a little the first part of it. And, you know, we we wanted Mike to have to commit, and we wanted him to have to commit from outside of us. And uh, and you could see going into the first turn, Brian kind of used him a bit just to kind of get in that spot and make Mike go on with the Philly. But then once he did, you know, Brian said, okay, shut shut back off again. 
and he was able to shut him back off again all the way up the backside and give him a little breather. And that's, you know, that's just where the horse, you know, he, he's really helping us to help him. He's, you know, he's just kind of, kind of waiting on the cue of, of us to tell him what to do. And, and, and I think, you know, when you get in those big fields like that, you need a horse that, you know, that, that, that doesn't have to have a, you know, a certain type of trip, you know, you need one that'll, that, that, you know, that can kind of, kind of take as, take it as it comes to him. Uh, now, I, I've yet to have the privilege to be up close to him, though I may tiptoe down there to, uh, I, I, I know that you uh, got him familiar with Churchill Downs, but he's probably on a daily basis back at your Skylight Training Center, right? He spends the majority of, of his time at Skylight. He's actually at Churchill right now. They resurfaced our racetrack at Skylight last week, and uh, he's, he's been at Churchill this week. He'll breeze. He was actually scheduled to breeze tomorrow. We've had a lot of rain in Louisville today. I, I'm, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's probably going to get pushed back another day, but he'll, he'll breeze in the next couple of days. Once he breezes, he'll go back to skylight and then, uh, you know, then we'll ship over to Ellis the, the morning of the race. Now, uh, as a physical specimen, can you describe him? You know, he's not a, he's not a big horse. Uh, you know, you don't look at him and say, oh my gosh, he's tiny, but, uh, you know, he's, he, he's, he's right at 16 hands. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's not a real big horse, but he's got it. You know, he's, he's well put together. He's got everything you're looking for. He's got it where it's supposed to be. But, uh, again, I, you know, I think his, his mentality and, and uh, he's just such a laid-back individual. I, I, I really think that's the that's the one thing that really sticks out with this horse. I mean, he just, you know, I, I mean, you can literally, you know, when I saddled him for the bluegrass, he, you know, he stood there with his ears prick, never moved a muscle, and uh, just that's that's just him. You know, he he just kind of takes everything in stride. You know, it, w- one thing I've always, uh, well, there's a lot of things I like about you, Tommy, but one thing I always like is um, you develop a relationship, not just with your horses, but it seems like you developed a really good relationship with your riders. I mean, like when I go to watch the Indiana races, normally, I, th- I think Malcolm Franklin's up. Uh, when you're in Ohio, you like to use John McKee, and you got a great relationship now going with another guy who I guess is kind of, in the Louisville area, though we all know he was originally from Louisiana, uh, you and Brian Hernandez just clicked. That's got to be great, the two of you. Uh, Brian, Brian's like a little brother to me. I, uh, you know, we're we're the first ones to give each other a hard time. We're the first ones to back each other up. I mean, that's just he, he he's literally been like a little brother to me. And uh, you know, he's he's his career's you know just gone leaps and bounds. And uh, but you know, Brian's never forgotten. Uh, you know, he's never forgotten the friendship. He's never forgotten where he came from. And I've always respected that about him. And, uh, he, he's really done me a lot of favors over the years. Uh, as you well know, uh, you know, it's not uncommon to, to see me run one at, at, at Belterra, the old river downs and Brian go up and ride it or, uh, gosh, I Beulah, Indiana, you name it. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, if I'm ever in a spot where, where I need a little help, he's always the first one to jump in and, and offer his assistance and that, you know, to be able to do this with him. Yeah. It, it, it makes it that much more special just, uh, just because we've always been such good friends. Well, uh, I, I do want to tell our listeners that if they want to learn more about art collector, uh, that they go to a, a site called bloodstock in the bluegrass and Frank Mitchell, who's a noted, uh, 
uh, Bloodlines historian, wrote a great story, uh, and, I, and I love the headline, Art Collector Looks Like a Masterpiece from the Historic Green Tree Family. And then it talks about, uh, of course, the, the, the history of this horse family, but you know the fact that uh, he was bred in Kentucky by Bruce Lunsford, who was able to get uh, you know distorted legacy, uh, you know, uh, from the green the green tree family. I mean, you know, they had so many horses of the year. They were just historic uh, a family. Um, it, it's a great article. What I liked about it, Tom, was the end saying that uh, this is a classic colt winning a classic prep in the proper style and appears to be a potential masterpiece for the owner trainer and family and he says he should have no problem having tackled 10 furlongs which is the distance of the derby that's got to make you feel pretty good knowing that you don't have limitations on this horse you know it does and i i I said you know there's been so many firsts for me with this horse uh you know he 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 made the cover of the blood horse which you know for me as a kid growing up you know we didn't we didn't have all the social media stuff that they've got today i mean you you literally waited by the mailbox for the blood horse to come and you know for to to have a horse that made the cover and you know obviously to be on your show john i mean that's uh you know we've had some good stuff happen here and uh i i just you know i i i think uh you know, I think he's the kind of horse that, uh, you know, he should handle the distance. I, I don't foresee that being a problem. I, I don't think he really has to have a certain kind of trip. I think, you know, he, he showed speed, uh, you know, at Churchill around two turns. He came from, you know, kind of a stalking type position the other day at Keeneland. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'd really want to trade places with anybody right now. I feel like, uh, you know, and I certainly don't want to take anything away from anyone else. I mean, there's some there's some really nice horses out there, but but I don't know that I'd trade places with anyone. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with my horse. Um, you know, it's funny how things worked out this year with the scrambling of the stake schedule. And, uh, it, it looks like you've got kind of this unique path, uh, to get you to the K- Kentucky park, uh, to get you to the Kentucky Derby by way of Ellis park. Uh, tell us about the, 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 the thought that went into that. And then the planning you've got going for next week's race. You know, John, I'll tell you, I, people have asked me about my, my thought process in planning races. And, uh, and this has been a situation where, you know, we were late getting to the party. He didn't, he didn't run his first race this year till the middle of May. And, uh, you know, we ran him seven eighths off the layoff. He, he kind of inhaled the field that day. The next logical step was around two turns, but we needed the allowance race to be, you know, in a reasonable time frame, Ben Huffman was, was kind enough to work with us on that. Uh, you know, he was able to kind of check that box off and then, you know, the bluegrass was, you know, the next logical step was to try him against the, the big, you know, the big boys and see if he could step up. And, you know, after the bluegrass, you've got the eight weeks to the Derby and, and, and you got basically, you got two choices. You got the Travers and you got the Ellis park Derby. To me, the big thing was I, I just, why would you want to ship a horse this time of year to New York and then bring him back to Kentucky to run here? I mean, the Ellis Park race was, you know, that was that was really the only play. It was the only option, uh, you know, if we wanted to run again. I, myself, personally, I felt like the Bluegrass was, that was really the first race this year where he had to work 
you know, he had to work a little bit against that Philly. I mean, she, she, she ran her race and she made him earn, you know, every bit of that. But, uh, I, I felt like that was the first time that he, he had been in that situation this year. You know, the water's definitely going to get deeper the first Saturday in September. And, and I just felt like he needed one more. The Ellis Park race just made, it, it was just a logical, it was just a logical spot for him. It's an easy ship. Uh, you know, I, I you know, he's going to go down, he'll run that day. He'll come back, sleep in his own stall that night. And, and, and now we're in a situation where it's not really a have to win kind of race. You know, if at any point Brian feels like he's not getting the trip he wants or things aren't going just to, you know, to his liking, we've, we've got the points to get to the big dance. We're just using this as a stepping stone to get us there. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, you're, you're listed as uh, fourth on the Kentucky Derby uh, trail for as far as uh, points are concerned. So, I mean, that puts you in the gate. So, like you said, that takes a little bit of pressure off you. But I just think it's uh, – you would never have this opportunity with the old schedule to actually have a prep, you know, other than the bluegrass in Kentucky prior to the Kentucky Derby. I mean, it really is advantageous for you this year. Uh, do you think that somehow the the stars are aligning uh, for you, an art collector and Bruce Lunsford? Uh, you know, I think that's the only way you can look at it. It's uh, welcome to 2020. I, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, you know when you really sit down and think about it. I mean, truth be told, it had the Derby been on its regular schedule this year. Uh, this this horse was a half mile fit. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't even remotely ready to run at that stage of the game. So to to have all the COVID stuff hit and for that to be the reason that he stayed in the barn to begin with, and all the different things that have happened, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it 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 definitely makes you stop and think a little bit. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I I, I I've kind of I was joking with someone the other day that uh, I don't question it. I just want to accept it and. Uh, and I hope it carries on just a little bit further because uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to, you know, it's been a lot of fun to to be on this ride. Now, uh, you'd already kind of showed your hand for for, for my, my my next question as far as your next move up to the race. You're going to take a look at the weather map. Uh, if it's not looking good tomorrow, you may push him back. And he's currently stabled at Churchill. Yeah, he's at Churchill right now. I've got horses at Skylight and Churchill, and, uh, you know, it, it just kind of allows me to, to be able to flip-flop horses around as I see fit. And, uh, you know, with our collector, we normally we, – we try to take him into Churchill a few days before he's going to breeze. And once he's breezed and we feel like we got what we wanted out of that, then I, I, I'd like to have him in the quieter environment at Skylight. There's just not as much going on there. And I think that's maybe, you know, for him as an individual, I think uh, – you know, he seems to enjoy that environment a little better. Uh, but, but yeah, weather's going to be, I mean, it's, it's literally been pouring buckets today in Louisville and I, I just can't imagine he's going to breeze tomorrow. We're hoping for Saturday, you know, then it, I mean, once you get into Saturday, Sunday, you know, then you're, you know, then you're starting to think that, you know, you need to get that breeze in. And if he has to work on an off race track, you know, you're going to have to make that call, which I would suspect he will. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that the rain will maybe kind of, kind of let up enough that, that we'll have the kind of racetrack we're looking for. Now, does Brian Hernandez breeze him or do you have an exercise rider that does that? I, you know, I've had both I actually, uh, I, which you'll, you'll know this guy, James Lopez, uh, oh, is, uh yeah. 
Yeah, James was a jockey, rode for me for years. He's he's getting on horses for me at Churchill. He's a barn foreman, and uh, uh, so you know, I, I, if Brian can't make it, no problem. I've got you know, I've got uh, I've got a certain you know more than capable exercise rider that can that can tell me exactly what I need to know. So uh, James gets on him every day. Uh, Brian normally comes in for the breezes, and you know, again, it's just uh, it, it, it's a team that I've been working with for a long time and and you know when these guys tell me something i you know i i, I you can take it to the bank they're you know they know exactly where they're at with, with with whatever they're doing on a horse well tommy jury i know you've always had a good uh, relationship with uh lopey as he's called sometimes and he usually used to actually uh live in like an apartment uh in your house for a while didn't he yeah i had uh yeah he stayed uh when he was riding in kentucky before he stayed at the house with us uh we had a bonus room above the garage and James turned that into his apartment. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it you know, I think Justin Vitek was up there for a while and, oh. and, uh, you know, we've, we've had, we've had several of them stay with us over the years. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a team effort. I mean, I can, you know, my name gets to be in the program, but you know, you're only going to be as good as your staff allows you to be. And, and, and I've got a great staff, my assistant, Jose Garcia, he just lives with this horse. I, I, he's, you know, he, I, I've got 60 in training and I've, you know, I've got a lot of other things that I have to worry about and, and, and knowing that Jose's always with this horse and he's always taking care of him at, uh, uh, it, it makes my job a lot easier. So it's, you know, I've got a great staff in place and we've been very, you know, we've been very blessed to have that. And, and, and believe me, these guys are, they're, they're excited. They're, they're having fun with it just like I am. And, and they deserve all the credit, uh, in the world. They, they're, they're a big part of this. Well, Tommy jury, it has been a real pleasure, uh, talking to you this evening. And I hope our audience, uh, you know, gleaned an education, uh, not only on the future of art collector, uh, but also the, uh, the outlook and the positive vibes that Tommy Drury gives off that whole team effort, uh, comes across loud and clear and the results have shown themselves, you know, I'm in your corner, buddy. And I will be there on September 5th rooting for you one way or the other, my friend. Thank you so much, John. I, as always, we really appreciate you having us and, uh, We'll uh, look forward to seeing you on September the 5th. Well, I may see you before that since uh, maybe you'll sneak me into Skylight Training Center and I can get some shots of that horse. John, you got an open invite. You know that, buddy. <laughs> All right. Congratulations uh, to Tommy Drury, winner of the Bluegrass Stakes and one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's a Louisville guy. We're going to take a break and come back with the king of Louisville. Byron King from the Blood Horse. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. 
the home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, it's an all Louisville show tonight, and now we're going to the King of Louisville. That's right, Byron King from the Blood Horse is going to be with us. As you know, he's now the associate editor of the Blood Horse. I don't know uh, what time you tuned into the interview, but uh, Tommy Drury said when he was a little kid, you know, they didn't have the internet and stuff, and he would just wait like at the mailbox every Thursday morning for that Blood Horse to be delivered. <laughs> Tommy's a great guy. He is a... Uh... I've really enjoyed covering him over the years, and of course, it's usually been, you know, he's a he's a guy that has most people that are familiar with him in this Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana circuit know that he's a high percentage skilled trainer. But this is kind of the first time that we've seen him with a really star horse, and that's a pretty exciting thing, and I'm, I'm delighted for him. It really is. Of course, I mean, he's won two Best of Ohio races, but we, we don't even need to go down that path. But uh, no, no, the good thing is, is he he shops around. He gets Indiana breads. He gets Ohio breads. And I'll tell you what, I know some of his clients and they love him. And uh, I believe he said he's got 60 horses in training right now. What I meant to ask him was, is he going to get a cut of the percentage? Because the day after the bluegrass, I noticed they put Starlight Training Center up for sale. (laughs) And I'm I'm like, hey, you know, Tommy, you've been the best agent for those guys out there. You know, they ought to cut you into the deal. (laughs) It's a really interesting place. I I, I was out there long ago. It's been a number of years, but... It's Tommy Drury. It's um, for a while. It was you know uh, Carl Nasker and Ian Wilkes. Uh, now mainly Ian. Um, and there's just a few little odds and ends. A few other people that have some stalls out there. But it's it's a pretty as you mentioned on your show. It's a quiet, easygoing place. I think they have 
some spots to turn out horses and whatnot and uh, for a little bit of turnout space. And then, you know, they it's a synthetic track and uh, they can train on that. And it's really kind of wild. It's out in the middle of kind of nowhere in Oldham County and uh, surrounded by a bunch of homes. And sure enough, right there in the back is a training center. And now one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. Well, uh, Byron, I uh, try to stay on top of the stories. As you know, the Blood Horse is one of my uh, favorite uh, sites to go to. And I see these stories from California and everywhere written by Byron King. And, you know, (laughs) Ellis Park, Byron King, you know, Churchill Downs, Byron King. You know, it's like they're keeping you busy there on staff, which is a good thing these days in racing for sure. Um, but uh, you, what I want to do is I want to tap in uh, uh, to you. Uh, some of the races at Saratoga seem like there's standouts. Uh, I, the Alan Jerkins, we'll save that because that's like, mm, that's Thanksgiving dinner because that's going to be a good betting race. But l- l- let's just start off with the obvious here. And that is the personal ensign stakes. Grade one, half a million. Can you look past Midnight Bizu because it looks like not many people did because it's a six horse race. Yeah, I mean I loved her forever. I mean it just like everybody else. I mean I remember when she was out getting started on her role out in California. You know she was just so special and fun to watch. And uh, at the time I remember as three year old early three year old fillies. I loved her and Monomoy Girl and. And then Monument Moy Girl drew like the 14 hole in the Kentucky Oaks. And I thought, well, it was going to be Midnight Bisous race to win. And I thought, but um, she was third that day. But gosh, since then, you know, she's just been spectacular, especially last year. Only lost one time. And her Fleur de Lis uh, blowout was just spectacular coming on the heels of a fine second in the Saudi Cup. I mean, it's just. You know, she's had the run this year. Uh, it's hard to really find the hole here. I, she just towers over this group in terms of her um, class and ability. She might still be moved up to the winner of the Saudi Cup. She could be. It's still under review. And that that will be a very interesting thing to see what unfolds because – you know, obviously, Jason Service, her former trainer, has been indicted on uh, alleged use of per- performance-enhancing drugs. Um, same thing goes with uh, Jorge Navarro. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, these these alleged drugs, I don't believe, have been found yet in post-race samples, at least in the testing that's available. So... It's really hard to know exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, and much have less the that, I don't really know. With yeah, I mean, where, where's the evidence uh, that they have to look at? You know, I mean, obviously the factors when you look at DQs that happen, typically it's based off a, a post-race sample. You know, uh, such as the case that we had with you know Charlatan in the Arkansas Derby, right? You know, but I don't know how you just disqualify a horse based on an indictment but i who knows uh it is it's saudi arabia so the rules too could be 
completely different than the United yeah. States of America. That's for sure. They, they don't they don't play games over there now because <laughs> no the no they might, they might Mike lose Smith. more than their purse. They might lose uh, you know an important body part. You never know. You know. So. <laughs> All right, we're with Byron King uh, from the Blood Horse. So that's going to be the personal ensign, uh, a, a race that last year uh, she had to be all guts out. As I recall, it was a kind of a little controversial uh, race. There was some bumping going on late in the race between her and Elate, and you know that that just that conversation went on for a while. But she got up by a nose, and it stood. Right, and obviously a late is a really, really high-class mare, you know, and she, one of the better mares that we've seen over the last, you know, couple of years, older mare category, I don't see any of these in the same quality. Um, fortunately, this is the way it is, I think, so many times in these dirt filling mare races, we see a lot of five, six-horse fields, and it just, there aren't the kind of races that are, super bettable types. But to me, I, I, I see this as a midnight piece to point of honor. Exacta. I think point of honor is a nice filly. She's doesn't really have much speed, but she comes with a really nice kick. I don't think it'll be enough to catch midnight Bisu, who I think will probably be, you know, uh, a couple links in front of her in the early going. And, um, but I do see these two as being cut above the rest. All right, that's our slam dunk of the day. Now, the question in the grade one $750,000 Whitney is, which millionaire do you like? There's five of them, five horses entered in the uh, race, and all five are millionaires, which tell you there's a lot of talent in there. But right now, let's face it, Al Stahl's got Tom's Detat, seven-year-old horse. I love that. He's at the top of his game. The older he gets, the better he gets. He's a remarkable horse. I mean, I think there's little doubt that if the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, were in a month's time, he would go in right now, I think, as the favorite. I don't think there's any doubt, even though, you know, obviously we saw Maximum Security come back and win last week. I mean, he was very hard-pressed to do so. Tom Satad has just been beating really good horses and beating them powerfully. I mean, even in the Oakland Mile when he won this year over Improbable, you have to take a look at that replay. I mean, it, Rosario was just hardly moving on him in the last 16th of a mile. It was a very Pat Day-esque ride on him. And then the horse then came back and won under Miguel Mena and the Stephen Foster, blowing away the opposition so clearly. No doubt. He deserves to be the favorite. He's also three for four at Saratoga, six for nine at the distance. I am going to try, just for value's sake, though, an alternative. And I'm going to go with By My Standards, just mm-hmm. hoping that after he got beat by Tom Stittat, fair and square, beat him bad in the uh, the foster, that he'll just kind of... He's going to lose a little bit of his his shine, and the public just might let him go. But I do think he's a really, really nice horse. And uh, obviously he won the Oakland Handicap, New Orleans Classic. And if he can just elevate his game a little bit, and if Tom takes a step back, you know, I think the value is going to be there on By My Standards. 
Well, we will find out. It's just a sensational field. But uh, uh, Tom's the top. Well, not a slam dunk. I mean, how many horses have you seen coming into a race with eight straight 100-plus buyers? He shows up all the time. I mean, he's just a really, 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 really fine horse. And he's been well-managed by Al Stahl. I mean, he has not... Um, he's, he's been patient and steady with him, and now he's going so well at this time in his career. I mean, it's great to see a horse that's now seven years old, as you mentioned, and there he is, you know, arguably the top older horse in the country. I love it. Well, let's move on now to what I think is probably the best race, uh, as far as, uh, betting, on the Saratoga card outside of the first race. The, I just want to remind everybody in the first race, there's a first time starter by the name of regular guy at 15 to one. If that ain't a hunch, I never heard one, but anyhow, hey, that's the, named after you, my friend, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> Wayne Catalano has been on the show and I'm sure those guys were watching that. The, the regular guy show before winning ponies was at river downs, but either way, the, uh, H. Allen Jerkins, I love seven furlongs. Uh, Asmussen's got three in here. This is a really good betting race. Um, I, I like the storyline, of course, behind no parole. You know, uh, a, a Louisiana bred who's trained by Tom Amos, who, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he and Al Stahl were roommates in college. They're correct. both from LSU. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, God, he's a, yeah, he's having a season from heaven too. So, you know, no parole. They uh, they thought they'd check him out, see if he wants to go a little bit longer, and he proven the rebel. He doesn't. But other than that, he's been unbeatable. And he's he, in my mind, is the top three year old sprinter in the country um, in the male division. I think he's just a really, really top class horse. When he won the Woody Stevens, he had the rail, and there was some kind of question that, you know, whether or not they, you know, that would really compromise him. And sure enough, they sent him, which is typical for, you know, when you draw that kind of post. But he cleared him so quickly. He's just a, an amazingly gifted horse, and clearly speed is the game with him. And I think you're going to see Louis Saez send him out there again to the lead, and and dare the rest of them to catch, and I'm not so sure that they can. I, I, I could very well see him repeating. Obviously, he's coming to a different track, but the distance is the same as the Woody Stevens. He is facing a deeper field. The Woody Stevens was surprisingly very short, only five horses in there, and this race has 11, so that's great to see, and as you mentioned, that's why it's uh, one of the more appealing betting races on the card. Yeah, well, you got Baffert, you got Asmussen, you know, Cassie, Engelhardt's got two in there. Uh, I know you've looked at the race. Just give me a horse or two you like underneath. You don't have to go into depth. Well, you know, it is, I guess, as a long shot, I would try shoplisted underneath. I think this is a horse that um, looks to me like maybe he got back to spring last time. He ran decent. He was third. He was a little bit wide, but I think he could move forward off that. He might have been a little rusty in terms of being prepared for, for sprinting. So I guess he would be my uh, my long shot to try underneath. 
All right. Well, listen, I, I know I asked you earlier in the day, it wasn't on the original menu, if you uh, took a peek at the at the races out at Del Mar, and you said, yeah, of course. I, I, I write 15 stories a week. I've got to stay on top of this stuff. <laughs> Let's start. Man, let, let, I, you know, when it's time for my performance review, I'm going to have you call up the blood horse. Glenn, <laughs> you are good. Good, uh, well, what can I say? I've been a PR man my whole life, and I will support people I like, like you and Tommy Jury. Well, the shared belief uh, has, uh, with all the shuffling of the deck, has become, I believe, a Derby points race. Uh, three-year-olds going a mile and a sixteenth. Uh, interesting cast of characters. You've got the uh, highly expensive and yet undefeated uh, Cezanne, who sold for $3.6 million. Uh, you got uh, Uncle Chuck, who's two for two, uh, you know, broke his maiden at a 95 buyer, came back with a 94 to win the grade three Los Alamitos. But you've got the grade one winner in here, the Sanity Derber Honor AP, uh, who I think will be the, the top challenger to the other two horses I just mentioned. Yeah, and this race, unfortunately, uh, will probably have a couple scratches in it. I spoke to both Bob Baffert and Blaine Wright in preparation for running one of my 15 stories of the week, uh, as you mentioned so kindly. <laughs> anyway, but I spoke to them in preparation for this. And Uncle Chuck, yeah, according to Baffert, is coming out of this race barring some... Um, you know, change of plans. He put him in here as kind of an insurance policy in case something happened with one of his other two, but he plans on running him in the Travers next week. So more than likely he's coming out. And Anador is more than likely coming out, according to Blaine Wright, to run the Alls Park Derby. So, uh, and that is next week as well. So we're left with a field of four uh, if that happens, one of which is far, far outclassed in here kiss today goodbye so i think this is more a watch kind of race you know and and taking some observations and take it with you to head to kentucky when because we could potentially see two two or so from here i would think that could go on to kentucky so um i think it's one to kind of monitor but i guess if i you know had to make a, uh, a pick i would just take thousand words from the standpoint that of the big three that are expected to remain he'd be probably the best price all right well byron king uh, the associate editor of the blood horse kind enough for you to uh to join us here on winning ponies this evening uh it's always great to hear your voice but it's even better to see you in person and i can't wait till uh we get back to the place where Writers and publicists can hang out together in a press box without a piece of plastic between them. But uh, and until that day, be well, my friend, and uh, hopefully things will open up a little bit the Derby, and I'll see you during Derby week. I will look forward to it, John, and I always enjoy time on your show and spending it with you, but I will look forward to seeing you in person, my friend. All right. Well, you tell your editors when that performance review to to give me a call. That was Byron King. Earlier, Tommy Drury, a trainer of one of the Derby favorites, art collector. I'm John Englehart. You've been listening to Winning Ponies. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.